The following thoughts, views, and opinions are not necessarily those of 89.1 WIDR Kalamazoo or Western Michigan University. So you are listening to the WSA Hour only on 89.1 WIDR Kalamazoo. Today we have a few few lovely individuals um, on air with us today. Uh, we have Taylor West, your student body president, and Chris Sly, the director for student engagement. I might have missed. Is that right, Chris? It's close enough. We'll close take enough. It. Okay. <laughs> um, so, welcome. Uh, we here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Taylor just finished some sort of law exam. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm sure, you're feeling awesome after that. Oh, pumped energy. <laughs> <laughs> And now we get to talk about uh, Martin Luther King Jr. So I I don't even know where to start. I mean, today is MLK Day, not right now, but when this airs, it will be. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I think it's important to talk about legacy or his legacy and kind of maybe a little bit of a reflection on, you know, what's going on uh, in the present day. So anyone yeah. can take it away. Yeah, I think that's perfectly said, Kyle, the the aspect of a legacy, because um, in a bunch of my classes and kind of as we're, you know, getting or as we have reached MLK Day, there has been a lot of talk about, you know, days of service and kind of being different, especially how we were last year before the pandemic and how there were a lot of parties on that day and and there was different discussion on whether or not this was MLK's dream to just have a day off of school and you know, use that as an anchor to not give back to your community or anything of that sort. So the aspect and the idea of a legacy is really important to reflect on um, because as, especially with everything happening in our nation and with the transition between administrations and all that jazz, um, it's important to reflect on like the year and the past four years that we've had under this administration and then kind of giving a look forward into what we can do as a nation to better and strengthen our demar- democracy. And um, and if you and if our listeners do listen to the um, Wire podcast, that's I think going to air after this. Um, before, but that's OK. Just kidding. You've already listened to it. Um, <laughs> you know that I kind of went on a rant about the aspect of humanity being like the foundation and the baseline that is needed. And that kind of Dr. King was promoting is this unity, uniformity, and um, kind of balancing act between um, different ideals, different fractions, different identities, and all of that, but essentially like getting back to the home foundation of humanity and how we need to survive together or we're all going to fail together. Um, And that comes with freedom, the absence of fear, and all of that good jazz that Dr. Uh, King was, was promoting in his time that he was alive. And as we're looking forward to like continue to promote his legacy and what everything he stood for, it's important to like do research on how you can give back to your community uh, during this time and how you can further develop um, the good aspects of our nation. And WMU is offering so many events during the month of January that I'm really, really encouraging you all to get involved in. Um, There is an entire page on WMU's website dedicated to MLK Day events. Um, and there's so many volunteering opportunities that you can do. So the one challenge and the one goal I'm going to have everyone do on this Monday is to either read an article or go volunteer. But like just expand your 
um, mindset and your parameters to um, include something that you never thought you would be doing or or just step out of your comfort zone that or of that sort. So that's the one challenge I'm going to give you all today on this Monday. I think that's really good stuff to uh, piggyback on that. You know, you know, Taylor, as you were talking about, you know, I think, you know, you're sorry, as you were reflecting, I, it made me think about, you know, you know, the relevancy, the importance of, of this day. You know, a lot of people will try to say that, um, you know, we're a post-racial society that we, you know, we things are so much better, you know, than what they used to be. And then, you know, you know, if we look back to the events of January 6th, you know, I think it's a very stark reminder that there is still a long way to go. And so in that, then, you know, I think each of us as individuals need to really do reflect on the importance and the relevance of uh, Dr. King, um, because clearly we're not where we thought we, we, uh, we are. Yeah. And to piggyback off of that, Chris, I think um, it's important to recognize that um, even with the I guess, improved quality of living for many people. Um, I still think there is a lot of white privilege that is uh, kind of dictating this country as we're seeing with um, the, <laughs> the fact that we still have, you know, we've had one black president in the past, whatever, I don't know, 250 years. And, you know, it's, it's getting better, but, you know, it's still not quite enough to be I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm not finding the right words, but you know, we're, we're very idealistic in how we think things should be. And it, it would be great if uh, we were able to get to that point, but I think maybe it's even the maturity thing for the country and um, just not being able to see eye to eye on a lot of things and people just kind of turn to their extreme, you know, sides of humanity that don't really preach, um, togetherness and unity and all these other things so yeah I I'm struggling for words <laughs> I'm white and I yeah I just don't know how to speak well on this subject but I, I'm trying <laughs> no Kyle that was great you know as so we all get to that point but um piggybacking off of that um Wow, now I'm having a brain fart. That's very interesting. I'm so sorry, my, <laughs> no, my whiteness made you have a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally okay. I just, um, I've always had a very like deep fascinate, fascination with Dr. King. Like th this was the first role model that I was introduced to as a kid that made me understand how skin color would determine a lot of the things that I would experience growing up. And I remember like, we, I watched this, it was this sh um, show and Chris, I don't know if you remember this show, but it was called My Friend Martin or a movie or something like that, My, My Friend Martin. And I remember that movie like to the T because I just did not understand how someone could kill someone over their skin color. Like that my, in my small brain, it hadn't clicked quite yet. But then once I finally understood that I came fix, I became fixated on it for a second. This is kind of what has fueled my um, efforts to go to law school and to make the world a better place, especially for marginalized um, individuals. But it was just, Dr. King wasn't even afraid of dying. Like um, for those who listened to the Wire podcast earlier, um, I don't know who had mentioned this, but um, 
Dr. King had gotten many, as we, as we all know, Dr. King has gotten like many death threats, talent, like bombed his house, people calling his house saying like, you better get out of town, blah, blah, blah. And he did it. He was like, nope, I'm going to stay put right here because he wasn't afraid. And like, as we're seeing, especially everything that has happened, like in the year of 2020, and as we go into 2021, we're seeing the new um, upcoming generation kind of have that lack of fear, which is, which makes other people very fearful because it's like, oh, we can't do the same thing we've been doing for the past 250 years. Like we have to, um, we have to kind of evolve now. So I feel like, especially with the new generations that are coming up, they're realizing the inconsistencies and the inequities in America and want and see a better America for their children. Like they want to get to that ideal place that isn't too restrictive based off your social identities or, you know, will pass laws, you know, pertaining people to not come in the, the nation or like a bunch of other things that we we have become familiar to. But it's just, you know, if we're carrying on Dr. King's like legacy and his dream, um, I think we've already made strides because, you know, I wouldn't even be at Western Michigan right now, which was a all white institution, you know, so I feel like we're, we're pretty all, we pretty much we are um, making strides. But again, there's so much more to do. Um, and I can speak for like everyone that I know when I say that, like, we want to make this um, nation a better place for our kids than what it is right now, because we're seeing a lot of because um, we know history repeats itself. So we're seeing a lot of um, reoccurring factors. Um, especially given the whole year of 2020 and going into 2021. So I just wanted to make that quickly little, little almost, note. almost like deja vu for some people, I'm sure that have lived through World War II, you know, if they're even alive now, just remembering like all the craziness that, I mean, this is just a different kind of war, I think. No war on racism, war on COVID, just a lot of different unknown enemies we're just kind of battling right now. Um, but yeah, that's, my extra two cents. Today, we celebrate the legacy that Martin Luther King Jr. left behind. WMU is hosting a series of free virtual events in his honor that you can attend this week, from discussions on resistance and racial healing, keynote speakers, viewings, and more. For more details, visit wmich.edu slash mlk slash events. This has been a message from 89.1 Wider FM, online at widrfm.org. You know, uh, BSU had a great conversation. I was at their meeting last week and um, they talked a lot about, um, and BSU, sorry for listeners, is Black Student Union, but they um, had a great conversation about, you know, was Dr. King a, a radical or was he, you know, a little bit more on the too passive side because of the nonviolence? And so it was a really good conversation in terms of, you know, what does it mean to be a radical? Um, and I think the, the group largely got to a point where it was, um, Dr. King um, had a, a passive, nonviolent approach, but definitely uh, was a radical because he was trying to change current social norms. And so there was some time spent on, you know, comparing Dr. King to um, Malcolm X, you know, in terms of Malcolm X, definitely, you know, to mainstream media would be probably considered more radical than um, Dr. King, but they both wanted the same, same thing. So. I wanted to see what you, if you all had any thoughts or conversations about, you know, Dr. King in terms of, you know, being a revolutionary or being a, a radical. If any so, of yeah, go ahead. I just had like two quick thoughts. So um, the first thing is I would almost say, you know, um, MLK was a radical for being passive and not being violent. Um, 
because that's like not stereotypically what you would see from a black individual um, during that time I, it, from my uh, limited understanding. But I also had a question for either of you um, and really just kind of explaining for either myself and or the listeners, like uh, the main differences we saw with uh, Malcolm X and MLK Jr., if either of you are familiar. And if not, that's okay. I just, I'm trying to wrap my head around that too. Yeah, I can kind of weigh in. So the ongoing discussion and comparison between MLK and Malcolm X like fascinates me because like Chris said, like they both were fighting for the same thing. They just had different approaches. And especially like during the racially charged time that was 2020 and coming in now, um, a lot of my mentors, including Chris, have used analogies (laughs) um, (laughs) comparing MLK and Malcolm X, but also like differentiating them. Um, And for those who attended the Make Change workshop earlier this October with Sean King, we also still talked about um, MLK and Malcolm X, but differentiating it, saying that MLK was the insider. He got invitations to the White House. He sat at the table. He had a seat at the table in opposition to Malcolm, who was more of an external force. So again, they were still doing the same thing and fighting for the same cause, but they had different approaches, which all in all had significant weight and mount that were paramount to the whole movement of change. And Kyle, I agree with you that, um, kind of going back to Chris's question, like was MLK like radical? I mean, in the time probably, cause people weren't like comfortable with stepping outside of their zone per se, And given the whole civil rights movement, there were a lot of sparks in a bunch of different directions, starting with Brown v. Board in the 50s. Like it just was a a kind of a domino effect of of motivational like charges. Um, But I I agree with you in the sense that MLK was pushing for peaceful demonstrations, peaceful protesting, everything peace. And I learned that in elementary school, same with Gandhi, Rosa Parks and everything that we learned during Black History Month. But I would say that like if we were to, and I don't want to loop like MLK and Malcolm in the same category because like yes they were different and had different ideals but they, again they were still fighting for this to change the same inconsistencies so like to answer your question Chris I guess like during that time it could have been perceived as such but like it was necessary for that time like I, I can't imagine like MLK and Malcolm and everyone else to have come in at a different stage or different age than when they did I think that was like necessary because again we're seeing the same kind of thing right now so it's like history is always going to repeat itself and you're always going to have you know like leaders stand up and activists stand up and fight for for change that's needed but I guess like given that time because it was so obsolete that maybe he could have been seen as such but in my personal opinion i just believe like he was there at the right place right time and he needed to carry out his duties um to continue to push america forward and then let's like let's view it as like if malcolm and um mlk didn't do any of the things they did then where would we be you know right. and i love that that's a really um and i agree with you know everything you all have said but I, I kind of landed on as like, you needed both. You needed both the approaches of um, Malcolm X and Dr. King um, because people need to feel uncomfortable. And I liked how you had said Taylor about, you know, Dr. King was invited, you know, he, you know, was on the phone with the president of the United States at that time and um, was kind of on the inside, so to speak. And so um, 
I, th I think you needed both approaches in order to move things forward. The second thing, and I'll finish real quickly on this, is, is that I want to make sure that we're still highlighting Dr. King, and we are, but can you imagine if during the summer, a Black Lives Matter protest, uh, you know, protesters there killed um, an officer? Um, I, 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 I kind of freak out about it of, you know, I don't think it would be, it would be received well, you know, and so the fact that those protests were largely peaceful, um, you know, I think shows us the strength of that movement. And then to see, um, you know, again, what took place more recently at the Capitol of um, very quickly that getting violent and, and multiple people dying. Um, and then the silence that has followed that, you know, from politicians, from leaders, things like that. It's just, there's no way that that would stand of, you know, the action that we've seen this summer across the whole world if those things weren't peaceful. So I think that's important to, to still honor Dr. King's legacy of there's still a place for nonviolent uh, protests. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to remind everyone that you are listening to the WSA Hour only on 89.1 Wider FM, and we're also online at WIDRFM.org. Um, so yeah, that we can st we can still keep talking about MLK if you all want to. Um, I have no issue with that. I'm just trying to think. Uh, we have we have resources on MLK, I believe, as well at at uh, the website, right? One of the websites. Oh, one of them. One of them. Um, uh, here, well, I, I'll look that up and then. Cool. I'm just gonna do a shameless plug. Um, I am currently interning at the Lewis Walker Institute for the Study of Race and Ethnic Relations, and we have an event today. Um, hopefully, you all didn't miss it, but. Um, it was at one o'clock. Um, it was a showing of Jennifer Siebel Newsom, the um, uh, filmmaker documentary called The Great American Lie. Um, and it kind of, you know, it, it very much coincides with MLK's kind of um, uh, economic motivation foundation, any, anything you want to call it, but kind of like his perspective on the economy and how, you know, it, the differentiation between the 1% and the 99% is continuously getting greater. But if we don't tackle it, we're all going to like go down as a nation. And I 100% agree with him. But anyway, sorry, getting off track. Great American Lie showing at 1pm. You can go to um, any of the Lewis Walker Institute social media at WMU LWI to find out that information. It's also on WMU Experience and the link and access codes are all to your availability, spread the word. Um, but yeah. yeah, and if um, real quickly as well, um, W at uh, the Western's main homepage, um, if you just add to that backslash MLK, um, it'll take you to the, the university has a, a MLK event calendar there. And so because of COVID, some of the things um, are not all happening on uh, this particular Monday when this will air. And so you still will have time to uh, get over the, you know, check out some other things. And then also because of COVID, um, uh, we may not have the opportunity to get together. And so um, there's opportunity to, um, to kind of do some own, your own kind of reflection, things like that. So um, if maybe this is the time to see Selma. And so um, if you haven't had a chance to see that yet, it's a, a great, a great film. And, um, you know, there's some really cool things on, um, I know on Netflix and then on a couple of other spaces where they're even, um, I even think Disney Plus is highlighting, um, you know, um, space for, you um, uh, African-Americans, um, you know, it's even got a, it's got its own category. So 
Um, so yeah, that there's opportunity um, if students are listening to this and you know not having class on on Monday, um, you can kind of take it into your own hands and you know say you know what I'm gonna go check this out um, on on your own time there on during the uh, on that Monday on this Monday. Yeah. And that goes back to my challenge to each and every one of you um, to expand your brain, get involved, volunteer, and don't use the excuse of like, oh, well, I don't know where to go because Chris just told you where to go. <laughs> um, and um, as long as you expand your brain, you know, one step, I'll be very proud of you. But if you use this day, this day off of school to use it as an excuse to darty party and all of the above, I'm not too pleased. And for those that want to go a little bit deeper, obviously the I have a uh, dream speech is very popular, but one that is really, uh, I think, relevant in this time and age, like, um, is the uh, letter from a Birmingham jail. Um, you can just YouTube that. Um, there's um, people that have kind of reenacted, like, Reddit um, in, in a kind of way that um, is, you know, it's it's consumable, different things like that. It's a little bit longer, but, um, yeah, again, for those that are wanting to go a little bit deeper, um, uh, letter from a Birmingham jail is an amazing uh, letter that he wrote. I believe we're also re-airing some speeches from uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as well. So I don't actually know the times, just kind of keep listening throughout the day and hopefully there will be some stuff. Um, the other movie I wanted to mention was uh, One Night in Miami that uh, Amazon just came out with, um, kind of highlighting similar uh, Black uh, voices. And I think that's another one just out of the side note, I feel like I keep detracting from MLK. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, yeah. No, kudos to you on that. I, I that's on my radar, and I it's not directly related to MLK, but yeah, that's on my radar. Is Regina King is um she is phenomenal in the in the uh, Hollywood black space, and so um another one that she was recently a part of was uh if Beale Street could talk. Um, mm -hmm. And so I have not a chance. I have not had a chance to see either of those yet, but um, they're very highly acclaimed. And yeah, I'm. I think I'm gonna look at um, one night in Miami uh, this weekend. Myself included. I think that's uh, a very good segue into um, kind of just. I think we should just reflect on the events of the. Yeah, like we were mentioning before, either the past year or just the past four years, um, and you know taking time to recognize all of the insanity that's gone on, but um, also allow us to have hopefully more hope for the future. I think uh, if any, there's been any, any indication within the past year, I think, you know, despite all the craziness, there still is hope. So I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> where to even begin, but going off of reflection of like the last year and the last four years, I can't really, been. it's been four, I can't believe it's been four years um, since Trump was confirmed into office. And it's just like, wow, like look at where, I, I literally thought this was his second term if I'm being completely honest. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I thought this was the second term. Like I, I couldn't believe that everything has happened in like four years. And then especially. Um, it certainly felt like one. Yeah, just 2020 alone felt like three years combined. Yeah. And also not at all a full year to me, but it was so weird. Um, time's a concept anyways. But reflecting, it's even though we went through all these hardships and we're continuously, let's see how Wednesday goes, but you know, as we're, yeah. <laughs> as we're going into, you know, as, as we're continuing in this new decade, let me just say that. We have opportunity 
for growth and um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not redistribution, re uh, revamp. Some <laughs> something like we have we have opportunity as a nation to like come back from everything that has gone down. You know what I'm saying? Rebuild. Rebuild. Thank you. Just like in the '60s, you know, when the civil rights movement happened, um, things were on up and up, and you know, just as life goes there's it's a roller coaster so of course we're gonna hit some dips and we're in a very low dip right now but i i feel us coming up from that and i feel like we're gonna be stronger um after this i I don't even know i'm just very i'm very hopeful and maybe maybe that's naive but um i see just just given the life the course of life that we have to be hitting, you know, a high point pretty soon because we've been so, so low for so long. Yeah. And I mean, life is cyclical as we know. Um, some, for some, it's definitely stronger high points and stronger lower points or low points, I should say. But um, yeah, I think, I think the right, really the only headspace you should be in at this point is just, you know, hopeful because um, if you're not, it's just, it's just not going to be good for your mental health. So please, if you're listening, take care of yourself uh, and, you know, do some, I, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm sorry. But <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go off that tangent right with you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Of course, take your mental health into high consideration, especially given these very charged times, you know, and everything of that sort. But then a quick segue, your student government is a very, good resource to use um, to stay up to date on campus events and resources such as taking care of your mental health exercises um, through the SRC and everything of that sort. So just reminding you that um, the Western Student Association, your student government is a sort of resource hub and um, that is at the disposal of students. So um, we have a new website. Um, WesternStudentAssociation.org. Um, if you just type in you know, Western Student Association to your search bar, it will be the first website pop up. Go look at that dope website because our VP of Technology um, and Information, Charles Poole III, really did that. Okay, really did that. It's really saucy. Um, no, and it has looking all- great. It's, it's really nice. <laughs> but it has uh, all the cabinet members who are advocating every day on behalf of students. Um, their contact and email information on the website. So if you have any direct questions for any realms of student affairs, academic affairs, diversity, inclusion, community involvement, you know, university pride, and I could go on forever because we have about 19 or 18, 19 members on cabinet. Um, but this large group is dedicated to making students' lives better. Um, and we have some cool events coming up this semester. Um, always advised by our amazing advisor, Chris Sly, who's always really motivating us to not give up, you know, because this, this time is, is very emotionally taxing. But, but um, as I've been saying since I ran in 2019 is, you know, we're stronger to, or actually as I ran for vice president back in 2018 with Lauren, we are stronger together as a student body than apart. Um, and unity is the overarching um, motivator for all change that we do. So um, if you have an idea, no stupid, there's no thing as a stupid idea. So please come to your student government so we can, you know, collaborate, innovate, and all that good jazz together. Um, And I think that just goes 
more towards MLK looping back goes more towards MLK's dream of, of that unity and kind of laying down our differences to getting the job done. So um, I think WSA does a good a good job at you know carrying that out and wanting to get kind of have all the people at the table um, so we can make um, adequate decisions on behalf of um, students and to make our university better. Yeah, WSA that piggyback on that has been crushing it this semester in a COVID environment, doing every you know expanding um, their administrative uh, legislative branch. Um, being able to be online has allowed people that um, um, shout out to Brian Taylor who lives in Atlanta but is an active senator. It's just really cool to see um, how this organization has shifted in a uh, virtual space. And so um, the other part of it too is uh, this group, this administration, um, yes, because we love recognition, but the um, uh, uh, the legacy, so the newsletter, hopefully uh, you all have had a chance to see that. And so um, lots of uh, internal behind the scenes conversations about getting that lifted up. And so that was really cool to see that um, come out last week. And um, yeah, this administration is willing to, to, uh, to show up, um, ask some really tough questions and um, really ready to, um, um, to sit in it for, for, for the campus. So it's really been uh, an interesting and fun and challenging all of the emotions <laughs> um, as advisor to kind of watch this group. But it, it, I'll finish on this. It's been neat to kind of be kind of that cheerleader and coach, you know, just on the sideline kind of rooting them on as they're um, taking on the world. Yeah, well said. Thanks. <laughs> you're like, how do you, like, you follow that right yeah i was like I, nope no words um like mic drop mic, yeah right <laughs> like let's do a station identification yeah. <laughs> go to commercial <laughs> today we celebrate the legacy that martin luther king jr left behind WMU is hosting a series of free virtual events in his honor that you can attend this week from discussions on resistance and racial healing, keynote speakers, viewings, and more. For more details, visit wmich.edu slash mlk slash events. This has been a message from 89.1 Wider FM, online at widrfm.org. I just think I'm thinking of like, uh, I, I don't know, back when uh, just all the voting craziness was going on in november i just started watching a bunch of like uh obama speeches and the, the obviously the mic drop from him was just what came to mind where you know he's in in the middle of just calling everyone out like you know nonchalantly just all right i'm gonna drop the mic like it's all yeah. cool yeah um, and I, I think in that too is what i like is that you know you know biden is saying he's going to be kind of the uh, transition candidate you know um really more for the party but i think as obama was representing the um the country in the role as president it's been neat to see um the younger generations that he was able to tap into um yeah it's really neat to see that you know you still see that you know the parkland kids um you know even well greta's not an american but just to really see younger younger people uh, you know with greta from the on the sustainability angle of it and things like that but it's been neat to see that um you know, at all levels, you know, at the national, state, and local level of um, young, younger folks getting much more actively engaged and involved in um, societal, not just political, but just societal issues. It's, it's really neat. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, that was kind of, I, I'm not like majorly involved in politics, but, you know, just the past four years has gotten me 
riled up enough to start caring a little more. And I think um, it's just been great to see all the work WSA has done and just, um, yeah, just people getting, younger people especially getting um, more invested in, you know, really the future, I think is what it comes down to. Um, although there are a lot of things, you know, happening in the present, we do need to set ourselves up um, efficiently for the future. And so we have a little bit of time left. Um, I just quick, quick wrap up thoughts from either of you. Um, you know, I, this is, this is set on the Wired podcast as well, but I, I, I think it applies here too is, you know, where do we go from here? Yeah, I like that. And if I could, I'd like to hear from you too, as you both are getting ready to graduate, like, yeah, what's, you know, a little bit of what's next and like, what do you, what are your hopes, you know, as you leave Western, what do you, what do you hope for, for Western? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously I hope that uh, people continue the work I've done here just to get all these crazy shows on air, just to get cool people to talk about interesting things that are actually affecting people. I hope that uh, this shameless self plug, by the way. <laughs> I, I also really hope that um, I don't lose sight of the moral uh, compass that has kind of guided me throughout my life of, you know, what's morally right and wrong, even if, you know, we are getting into a little bit gray areas with just politics and everything. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I just really want to help underprivileged folks to experience the privilege I've had. I'm kind of considering... Uh, moving away at some point, maybe once COVID's over and uh, just, you know, starting, I'm a big skier. So getting skiing available for um, underprivileged communities, I think that would be so cool just to have them experience that. I, I'm going on a rant about myself and I'm going to stop. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. I love that passion. That's what keeps me showing up. Uh, yeah, Taylor, what about you? What's your, what's your, uh, What's your legacy, Taylor? What's what's what are your hopes? What's you? your legacy, Taylor West? Oh, just don't start with me. Don't start with me. Um, but Kyle, I'm trying to go skiing for my birthday, so yeah, give me some tips so I don't crash and burn. But um, yeah. pizza pie. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but in terms of legacy, and this word just kind of makes me like emotional, but also like really motivated, like Chris, because I I feed off of passion. Um. But I, I guess what's next is, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, as Kyle just said at the beginning of this podcast, I just took the um, LSAT. And for those trying to get into law school, they know how um, rigorous and annoying that test is, but I did it. So we're going to, we're going to see the results. I get them back on my birthday, actually. So that'll be um, a time. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be a time. But, very good or very sad. <laughs> exactly. But um, so I'm just trying to get into law school right now. I'm looking at Georgetown, U of M and Howard, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I hope in my time um, at law school that I can, you know, obviously pass the bar. And then I want to um, ultimately become a judge to help kind of restore our criminal justice system to become more um restorative and rehabilitative rather than penalizing and criminalizing like we like we do um because i think that kind of like gets us away from this you know very i don't i don't want to use bad words but system um that's away from our um that like yeah like the founding values that were supposed to happen that were exactly yeah and you know there's a long you know old tale that's saying like you know 
crim the criminal system being rehabilitative is just like a dream or you know pipe dream a pipe dream exactly but whatever we're gonna make it a reality because i'm determined um so yeah y'all better watch out honestly right watch out now but in terms of like what i wish to see from western you know if i were to come back in in you know five to ten years i would really hope that they currently are pushed like not currently that they are continuously pushing themselves to um be a champion instead of a follower western has a has a reputation <laughs> following so like our sister or not our sister schools our surrounding schools in michigan and i'm really i've always been encouraging western to kind of be a leader and a champion other than seeing what everyone else is doing um so i hope they like take those those words you know with some weight to them because i know that's what students want to see they want to see you know western advocating on behalf of them you know student workers even you know professors faculty everyone um, that make this community what it is and i hope that they especially continue um, expanding their efforts to <clears throat> increase the graduation rate for marginalized students right now wsa is working on a project with administration with different faculty and administrators on this team to uh, push a, a social justice fund through um, WMU, which was um, originally created by the um, president of Southern New Hampshire University, Paul LeBlanc, because after George Floyd was murdered, he was just fed up, you know, and said higher ed needed to do more. So I kind of pitched this project to administrators and it started like, you know, getting off the ground running. However, because change takes a long time to implement and because I'll be gone in a couple months, I really hope that Western will continue to push the social justice fund as a, as a kind of core um, tool that navigates all of these different resources that Western has. Because again, you know, even everyone knows that Western has a lot of resources and tools that they offer students, but they're much scattered and sometimes it's they often get overlooked so this social justice fund was created so that we can pull in all those necessary projects that administrators students you know faculty are working on and kind of bring them to this you know central location to push for um better accommodations for um marginalized students on campus and i really hope that western continues to fight that fight and doesn't let it just get pushed to the bottom of the stack as it is it tends to so i just um really that's my main hope for western if i were ever come back in like five to ten years i want to see them be champions for social justice well said i hope uh well i'm in my doctoral program so i'll yeah it'll be neat if i've been here at western for 20 years so i'm like oh wow do i have another 10 years left in me so but uh that's well said taylor i appreciate that Stay tuned in 10 years, folks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> have a reunion, right? <laughs> yeah, we should, honestly. Just come and hang and see see if these things happened. Right. Can't believe that's that's like I'm I'm not even gonna say that's that far away because it's not. But thank you both uh for just being here, honestly. Um I think this has been a very candid conversation. Um and yeah, I really, like I said before, I think optimism is the way to look toward the future just in general, you know, despite, despite the hardships, acknowledge those things, but, you know, just keep pushing forward. Yeah, thank um, you for using your platform, you know, and inviting us in and, um, you know, getting uncomfortable with your whiteness. That's great. More <laughs> we need to do it. Hey, I need to do that more, so I right. will. I will well, you're an encouragement to that. I'm serious. You're an encouragement to other people. It's not like, you know, you're not an expert on everything. And so uh, sure. 
that's you know you just get out there and it's a little awkward it's fine we laugh and we keep moving so yeah i really at least you're trying so there's a lot that are not so absolutely yeah well thank you i i encourage other white people to explore their (laughs) uncomfortability with whiteness in the present day because that's a very real thing and something to be addressed um but yeah is that about all we have today that's about it. That's um, about it. That's about <laughs> it. Get involved for MLK Day. Don't sit on your tushies. I've also just been told uh, by our music director that we have about three hours worth of five speeches. So, you know, you might be hearing some random MLK speeches throughout the day. So just kind of keep tuning in. This is near the tail end. Of, this will be airing near the tail end of the day, but uh, more to come on that. But yeah, this has been the WSA Hour only on 89.1 WIDR Kalamazoo. WMU is hosting a series of free virtual events for MLK Day. For more information, visit wmich.edu slash mlk slash events.